So I'm going to be continuing a series which was began, began last week. The series title is God is Working in You. My sermon title is Do All Things. And my text is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 24. And I'm going to read from the NIV version now. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 24. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and a crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So there are a couple of titles in the section of this text. One of them is Shine Your Light. The other one is Do Everything Without Grumbling. And it's an interesting um, text and an interesting verse. It, perhaps those of you who have been following the 2.30 service, you will remember back where we were preaching from Timothy chapter 1, sorry, Philippians chapter 1, where there was such an emphasis on Paul developing and teaching and training. This whole book of Philippians has an emphasis that Christ Jesus is our purpose for living that Christ Jesus is the source of joy and the hope for eternal life. So it's not a book about things that are wrong, things that can go wrong, but it's more a book of hope. It's more a book that shows us where we find our joy, how we live, where we find ourselves in Christ Jesus. And in chapter 2 here, it has an emphasis on Christian humility and service. But the perspective is one of hope. The perspective is one of joy. So the first thing I note in verse 12, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, as Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, they have always obeyed. They have been on the right road already. 
And I ask myself the question, isn't that many of us today? We've been through some tough times this year. Uh, yet we're still striving to obey God. We're striving to do all things with and for him. So perhaps it can be said of us, perhaps it can be said of you, you've always obeyed, you're on the right road. Now, there was a strong bond of friendship between Paul and the Philippian church. And they were supporting Paul in finances and supporting his missions so there was joy and there was love and relationship and understanding between them. And he was simply wanting to continue to encourage them. And there is an encouragement here, as Paul says, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence in that same verse. Paul is encouraging the church that they must work even harder while he's not there. That while he was with them, they were receiving teaching. They were receiving his instruction. They were receiving his encouragement in how to live a Christ-like life. But now there is an encouragement. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Take responsibility for this salvation walk. I've shown you. I have taught you, I have instructed you, you have watched me, you have followed me, but now is your turn. Work it out with fear and trembling. Take responsibility. In um, the Passion Translation, it says, actively pursue spiritual maturity. Actively pursue spiritual maturity. In the Amplified, it says, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God. So working out our own salvation, we don't want to discredit the name of Christ. We don't want to offend God. And we want to chase after spiritual maturity. Now, when I look at it, I think, well, that is us in Kensington Temple, London City Church, as well as the body of Christ. For surely this, these last few months have caused us as the body of Christ to look deeper into who we are where we're going, and what God is saying. And it's the same for us. Each week we have received the word from the pulpit, and it's been rich. We've attended the courses. We have opened our eyes again. We have been equipped. We have truly been working out our salvation, understanding who we are, why we are, what's our purpose, what's our vision. Let's get up. Let's go and do it. So we're striving for spiritual maturity. We're working out our own salvation in fear and trembling. So it's very much the same message for us, the same encouragement that Paul is saying to the Philippians. Carry on. Work even harder. Don't pull back on what you're doing. In verse 13, we pick up the serious theme. God is working in you. For verse 13 says, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose. The, the Passion Translation says, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. So there's the connotation there that the, the strength, the revitalization is given to us from Christ himself. Amplified says, not in your own strength, for it is God 
who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and for his satisfaction and for his delight. So although Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, we learn here that the power to do that comes from God. He is the one who energizes us. He is the creative one who is giving us the strength, the revelation to work out this salvation of ours. So powerful. And we're on the right road. Now, verse 13 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Other versions say, do all things. And here I see a challenge for us. Overcome the challenges because it's God's power at work. We don't need to stress. We don't need to struggle. We need to tap into the power of God. Do all things without grumbling, without complaining. So it's easy for human beings to slip into that, isn't it? It's a, a kind of favorite thing of ours. Get your, your cause out, get your frustrations out, your feelings out. You want to be heard, you want to talk. But yet Paul is saying to them, do all things without the grumbling. Do these things in the power of God. With a godly heart, we can do it because it's his ability at work in us. Do all things, overcome the challenge to be different from this crooked generation that's described and be blameless and pure. Do all things, not in our own strength, be blameless and pure, not in our own strength, overcome the crooked generation, be different from the generation. It's God's power at work in us, enabling us to do this. Do all things, be the light where it's dark. Overcome the challenge of the dark world by being shining lights. It's God's power at work in us that is shining. Are we different? Are we looking different? Are we standing out from how the world is behaving? Paul encourages the church at Philippi, his friends, do all things in his power. Do all things without complaining. Do all things overcome. Here is another one. Overcome the challenge of compromise. And he says, hold firmly to the word of life. God gives us the ability to hold firmly. Do all things with his power. Overcome darkness. Overcome what the world is doing. Shine your light the light of Jesus Christ, in the midst where you are, in your places of work, in your homes. You're spending more time there than usual at the moment. With your families. Shine your light where it's dark. With your neighbours, shine your light where it's dark. Do all things. Paul talks about being able to boast on the day of Christ, that he did not labor in vain, that all the effort he put in was bearing fruit. So there was this sense that he's encouraging them and he's asking and he's desiring this church at Philippi. 
He's desiring that they will succeed. He's desiring that they will grow, that they will be strong, and they will do all of the things that Christ wants them to do. And it brings up a question. He says, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. He wants to know that when he's there with Christ, he looks back and he sees that he's born fruit. He looks back and he sees that all that toil, all that teaching, all that training, all the instruction bore fruit that disciples were made. That as he followed Christ and then they followed him, they became Christ-like. He's saying, even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, it doesn't matter if I die for this. It doesn't matter. I rejoice. Rejoice with me as I see Christ formed in you. Paul's desire toward them is for good, is for success. Now, I'm going to speak a little bit about what he says about Timothy. Earlier on, he talks to the church at Philippi in verse 4 and says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. But he says it again of Timothy, and when I see something said twice, I pay attention. I think God is trying to get our attention. He says, I have no one else like him, like Timothy, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not for those of Jesus Christ. So in verse 4, he says that they're looking out to their own interests and not to the interests of others. And then he says of Timothy that he's the only one who is looking out for the interests of Christ. So the question I ask when we're going about our daily lives, are we looking out for the interests of others? And are we asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? It talks about a powerful character and it talks about somebody who's trusted and somebody who leaves a mark and makes a stamp in life as he lives his life out for the Lord. And I have a couple of stories, I suppose, that I want to share right now. It's Remembrance Sunday, and all over the country, they're remembering the sacrifice that soldiers made in the war. They're remembering the sacrifice of those who stayed behind, who made weaponry, worked in factories, did anything to support those soldiers out there who went to war. But as a soldier, they couldn't just think of themselves. This was a time where they had to think of the next person in their team. They had to look out for each other against the enemy. And what a powerful thing that they were unselfish in their pursuit of winning the war, in their pursuit of overcoming the enemy. War is never a good thing. But from their perspective, if they remain selfish, other members may be killed and they stay alive. They would look out for each other and work as a team. And so, as Paul said, 
I don't want to look back and think that everything I did was in vain. Would some of these who are still alive look back and think it was worth it that I sowed my life, it was worth it to go to war, to bring peace to our nation and to other nations? Just last Wednesday, I lost um, a friend of mine who is very, very close to me and to many, many people in Slough. It was a very short time where we were told that he had contracted COVID and then he was gone. What was amazing about him reminds me of what Paul said when he said, Did I, I don't want to run or labor in vain. This gentleman was the person who was my discipler. His brother had taken me to a concert and led me to the Lord in 1986. And then he discipled me for the first eight years of my Christianity. I walked the walk of Christ. And he was a man who lived in the supernatural realm more than the natural. For many, many miracles happened, but also just answered to prayer constantly. When I looked on Facebook on Saturday morning, I braved it for the first time to see what was being said of him. Over 400 people had already commented at his loss. And there are people in Kensington Temple, and one person reminded me, who lived in Slough, that what he knew of this man was the many, many, many disciples that he made, the many people's lives that he input to. He did all things in the power of God. He met people and he gave. He wrote songs only for Jesus Christ. He helped in the music world. He taught people who could only play by reading music to play by ear. If you needed him, he was there. And when this gentleman in Katie said to me, when, the only thing I remember about him, the many disciples that he made. He is left behind. His labor was worth it. Imagine that had he not input into my life, I wouldn't be here today. Imagine if he hadn't discipled me, for I, I was rooted. There was no turning back for me when I became born again. People gave me two or three months because I loved to disco and I loved to dance. But I never went back. And here I am today. We planted a church in Slough, and people are in Kensington Temple today because they came to Slough and got born again. So fruit continues to be born. People continue to be discipled. And then I thought, the story hasn't ended there. Because earlier when I said, you have already begun. You've been obeying. You're already on the road. One of the things that has stood out for me during this period of lockdown, during this month, months of things that we couldn't have imagined, although we were warned about them coming, is the power of testimony. I have been amazed at the stories that have been told specifically in our Zoom prayer and Zoom welcome rooms. The comments that have come up 
the way that each story has touched a life. The testimonies have been powerful. Cells have been planted. Cells have grown. They've been added to. People have been coming to the Lord through your obedience and your witness. Some of you have testified to divine appointments, divine happenings. You've dreamt a dream, you've saw a vision, you've heard the Holy Spirit, and you've simply obeyed, just like Paul said that they were doing, they were obeying, following instruction, and that they should continue. People have testified to receiving healing, and people have testified in a time where nations will be saying, all is lack. They have received new jobs. We've had countless testimonies from you of how the Lord has favoured you when it came to finding a job during lockdown. And promotions, awards, because you have been a witness and you have been doing all that you should do. You have been doing all things. You have been shining lights. Look at that amazing testimony um, about the, the manager who says, invite everybody to your salsa event that Jacqueline had. Open doors, because you are doing what the Lord wants you to do. You are working out your salvation with fear and with trembling. There have been stories of miraculous provision, family reconciliation, people doing something for the first time that they have never done before lockdown. Recently, we heard an incredible testimony of somebody who felt led to do something that they've not done before, but knew they should do. And on two bus journeys, they preached the gospel and got a good response. So it's proof that we are doing all things and we're fulfilling God's purpose. The world may not notice it right now, but little by little, we're building God's kingdom together. Your labor is not going to be in vain. You're already proving it's not in vain. And just let me take the opportunity to say, keep the testimonies coming. We want to hear a testimony at each service. We want to hear each Wednesday evening what the Lord is doing. Share with yourselves, share with your cell leaders. Come and tell us. And come and be willing to share incredible stories, especially of salvation out there, for they are helping people. They are improving people's lives. They are encouraging others to go out and do the same thing. So we're doing it. Keep those testimonies coming. Do all things so that lives will be changed. It is God's power at work in us that causes us to have testimonies. And perhaps some are being inspired today to rise up. Perhaps you haven't yet, but hearing about the powerful testimonies and seeing that it's not you with your fleshly fears or inhibitions that actually rises up, but it's the power of God at work in you that causes you to rise up. Perhaps now you can see that you, you can come out of living in a cocoon, that you can stop being selfish in life and engage with the power of Christ and begin to look at who you can reach out to, that you can make yourself available to do all things to Christ and for Christ. 
Hallelujah. I'm excited about what we can do and what we can be. So I leave with a final challenge, really. We have to be able, with the power of God, to value everyone. It doesn't mean you stop valuing yourself. But we need to value others that we see before us. We need to be aware and sharp about the needs around. We know we can't meet those needs, but we know Christ can. Here is my do all things challenge. Can I be so surrendered to Christ? Can you be so surrendered to Christ? So selfless that I, that you, with the power of God, at work in us, can we live a life of putting others first? Is there any way that we can tap into this power of the Lord? Are we ready to run the race like the Apostle Paul did? Planting churches, going from house to house, teaching and making disciples of all men and all women. And that, of course, is the Great Commission, and that's what we are doing through our cell vision. Perhaps you will be like the Lenfords, my friend, or others of our time now, who are, who are bringing testimonies, who are leaving legacies, who are sowing, who are planting. It is the power of God at work in you that causes you to do all things so let's tap into and change the world. Let's turn the world upside down with the power of God working in us. Hallelujah.